High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. Ivan Yates filling in for George today. Now, regular listeners will know at this time, every week on a Wednesday, uh, we raise the tone somewhat because the most senior statistician in the CSO, Central Statistics Office, Deirdre Cullen, comes in and makes sense out of uh, a whole series of statistics. And of course, last week, the 2016 census was published. And of course, she did remind me that the last time I spoke to her was in the context of telling people on the particular aforesaid Sunday night they should fill it up. And apparently... I, as I want to do, said, no, I'll be coming in from a rugby match. I'll have had a few cans, a few jars, and I couldn't be arsed to do it. Now, apparently I gave out illegal advice and most people ignored my advice. Deirdre, I'll start with that mea culpa. Great to see you again. Now, and what we're going to talk today is politics and constituencies, because apparently the raw data for the redrawing of what I think we've gone from 43 down to 40 constituencies and from 166 TDs down to 150 in the last election so the data from the census actually will feed into the next review of the constituencies how does it all work uh, hi Ivan and uh, um, it's great to be here again so yeah regular listeners will know we published this census data there on Thursday the 6th and um, it showed that the population increased by 3.8% but that's, that was an une- uneven uh, increase across the country Dublin and Cork City grew faster than the rest of the country Fingal was the fastest growing area and rural Ireland grew at a slower pace than urban Ireland so the population increased by 174,000 but 140,000 of that was in urban areas or 80% of the change. And so I thought you being a former politician yeah. and former minister that it would be interesting to have a look at how the, the population change has impacted on the constituencies. So, just so, so what you do is you have a, a table in front of me which has got listed all the 40 constituencies right across the country and you have the 2011 and the 2016 figures. Explain. So the 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 constituency boundaries and and that are are based on um, and the number of representatives are based on census data and following every census the constituency review commission examine the population see how it's changed and if necessary they redraw constituency boundaries so according to the constitution there has to be one representative for every 30,000 of the population and at the moment based on the 2016 census results the average per TD is 30,138 so we're above the constitutional limit at the moment so I imagine there will be at least one extra TD coming out of this review what the CSO does is we hand over a file of um, uh, data by, for electoral divisions. There's 3,400 of these, if you like, little building blocks. And the Constituency Review Commission take those building blocks and they amalgamate them or move them around so that they get a more even spread of the data. And looking at the table in front of you, you'll see that at the moment, the 2016 data, the largest constituency in Ireland uh, based on the 2016 data is Dublin North West with 32,331 population per TD. And the smallest is Limerick County with 27,950. So a difference of 4,000. And so I imagine as part of their work, they'll try and even this out somewhat. Fascinating. Now, let's. So what you're saying is, first of all, we're likely 
How often do they review the constituencies? Following every census, which is every five years And is there a time limit in which they must do this? Well, we handed them over the data um, following the preliminary census results. So Ireland is the only country that publishes preliminary census data. Twelve weeks after census day, we gave them a file of preliminary data. So that was last July. And they've been doing their work over the last nine months. And then two weeks ago, the Constituency Review Commission. They're civil servants. They're civil servants over in the Department of what is now housing. It was the Department of the Environment. And then we gave them the final data there two weeks ago. And, you know, the final data will be very close to the preliminary data. And I think they've 12 weeks now to publish their recommendations. Okay, so just building on these figures, A, we might get a a TD or more. But what you're saying is that Limerick County, which is a very funny constituency because it's an arbitrary drawing of the border. There's a city constituency and and, and it's 29,000. It's a four-seater and Limerick County's a three-seater. Now, I actually think what they actually had did before, they took a, a scalp, a Kerry, and they stuck it into Limerick County, if I remember uh, correctly. But what you're saying is that it seems to me that Dublin Northwest, where Roisin Shortall and others are, it could be made from a three to a four-seater. Well, it's a three-seater at the moment and it's got the largest population per TD, as you say. The fastest growing was Dublin Central. So uh, Dublin Central grew from 89,000 total pop to 96,000. It grew by 8.2%. So that was the fastest growing. That's a three-seater as well with a population per per TD of 30,100. Now, can I I say, you're going to hate what I'm going to say. (laughs) God bless your naivety that this is all done on the basis of statistics and it's done by a commission of people in the Custom House. What happens, I think, is that the Minister for for the Environment of the Day rings up a few mates and says, how would you like to go on the Electoral Commission? And then they suddenly decide, right, oh, well, now we we have to do the Taoiseach's constituencies in Mayo, for example. And what actually happened is that people like John O'Mahony lost their seat because a scalp of Mayo was dragged into Galway and he had to move from one constituency to another. And then you have a knock-on effect, Sligo. Leitrim, Roscommon, and you have completely unnatural borders put together and it has no rhyme or reason to it. The same in Dublin. They redrew all the constituencies. So you could be working away as a councillor in Terenure or in, um, you know, Tala and you suddenly find you're being perched into a different constituency. Like, do you not think there needs to be more transparency how this is done? All I know is that they th- they take the the data. The word that is gerrymander. Have you ever heard the word gerrymander? They take the data that we give them by electoral division, and they they amalgamate and they rebuild up the constituencies. I have a map in front of me, and users can go on to the CSO website, and they can go on to our SAP map application, and they can see the county boundaries, and they can see the constituency boundaries one on top of the other. And you're right, a small bit of Donegal is in the Sligo Leitrim constituency, Makes no sense. and a small bit of Southern Mayo is in the. Galway constituency and then a bit of Galway is in the Galway Roscommon constituency. I mean I'm not part of the, the review oh, commission. Oh I'm not blaming Ivan, you. And, I'm not. Um, but I can imagine it's tricky enough. Some of the electoral divisions, the population in them can be very large so if they're moving like at the end of the day it is built up from these these units these polygons and if they're moving them around like 40 of them have over 10,000 people so if they move the ED they're moving 10,000 people or you know so they and vary tell me, in is size. Is there any correlation between because the other complaint I hear is 
oh, the Register of Electors, it's out of date, I'm not on the list. And then some people are down in two places. Is there any correlation between what you're doing in the census, where Mrs Murphy reveals her name, her address and all that, and the Register of Electors? I suppose that's too no, obvious no. For, for them to do things, something simple like that. No, no. correlation at all. I mean, for, first of all, the census data, you know, individual census data never leaves the CSO. It's only used to provide tables of statistics like the one you have in front of you. So there's no connection between what we do on the census and the register of electors. I mean, the register of electors is an administrative system to, you know, allow people to vote and to make sure everybody votes once and once only, to the best of my knowledge. The the other point that strikes me is this. If I was running a national campaign, for example, we'll say Fine is going to elect a new leader. What this tells me is there's a migration of people from the sticks to the cities. Is this not, in other words, to have a leader of any party from Dublin is an asset because Dublin is growing. And if we project forward for the next 20 years and say the population grows by another 600,000, it will predominantly be in the greater Dublin area, will it not? Uh, absolutely, Dublin is growing faster, you know, than the rest of Ireland. Fingal was the fastest growing area. I think, you know, the census data is bearing that out. Urban areas are growing faster than rural areas. Is that because of jobs? Are people following the jobs? Cork City grew faster than Cork County. Galway City grew faster than Galway County. I would imagine that that economics is playing a large part in it, Ivan. Yeah, I mean, we'd have to conclude that. And emigration, don't forget, like we've had over 200,000 people emigrated over the last five years. Um, And so, you know... They're from uh, rural Ireland, is that your point? Well, people emigrate from all over Ireland and, you know, they're not all Irish nationals. Some are non-Irish nationals. But um, I mean, the population of Donegal and Mayo actually fell between the last two censuses. So, you know, for sure, they've been impacted by by migration and the population of some of these constituencies has fallen. So I think uh, the population of the Donegal constituency, that's a five seat or 150,600 people. That's fallen by one point. I I do see that the only two when you have the, the 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 section of the table with percentage changes, mm. the only two that have a minus yeah. are Donegal and Mayo. And Mayo, yeah. And, and uh, But, I mean, a lot of the constituencies in the West grew by very, very small amounts. So we were talking about Limerick County. I mean, five years ago, the population of that constituency was 83,834 and five years later, it's 83,845. So it's barely changed at but all. Does this but does not mean... But a lot mean... of the constituencies on the Western okay. Seaboard, the population um, but kind does, of but does, but does this not mean It's time to close the rural post offices. People are voting with their feet leaving these rural areas and they're expecting the same level of services. You know, it's like King Canute keeping the tide back. Well, as George reminds me every week, I come in here that the, it's not the role of the CSO to get into policy. But what we do oh, do I, I think is provide should. the evidence to enable people Absolutely. to make the right decisions, be it about, you know, developments in the cities or um, lack of development in rural areas or closing post offices. What we do is provide the data and the statistics. And of course, all of this data, as I'm always reminding people, people can go in, they can download the table that you and I are looking at. So anybody who has an interest in politics can get the data and can see how things are changing. And of course, they can get the data by counties and... and uh, CSO.ie. And am I right in thinking that the big thing that I learned from your census thing is that there's more crinklies around? There's 20,000 more pensioners a year. And not only is there more of them, they're living darn longer as well. <laughs> so the population aged 65 and over increased by over 100,000 over the five years. So look, we're all, we're all getting older. The world keeps turning. 
And uh, yeah, so the population, you know, of older people, and we can't call them the elderly anymore. Crinkly's, I call them, yeah. No, we're all hale and hearty now, right into our 70s. They're all busted flush. Okay, Uh, what are we going to be talking about next Wednesday? Uh, Because you're a former Minister for Agriculture, I thought we might talk about agricultural land prices and see how they vary around the country. That should be a wonderful comedy routine. I'm looking forward to it already. Deirdre Cullen, a senior statistician, thank you for that. The actual scientific hard population data, which will be the basis of your constituency in the next election. Well, going from the ridiculous to the sublime, Sean McCreen, uh, Moncrief, how are you? I'm not too bad. Do you remember Rockall? Do you remember Sean? Yes, yes. yes. Remember Sean, Dublin Bay, Rockall, Loftus? Yes, yes. Uh, people were very exercised over who owned it. Yes. Now, the rock itself is fairly worthless. But what's important about Rockall is the fishing lands, lands around it. And we're going to be talking to Sean Donoghue from the uh, Killybegs Fishermen's Organisation because in the eventuality of, well, in some sort of Brexit situation, an awful lot of Irish fishing people won't have access to those waters anymore. Uh, that will have a profound effect upon their industry. So are we saying feck off to the Brits? Hands uh, off our rock? Uh, well, I mean, apparently that was it was all sorted out, I think, in 2014 that Scotland technically owns it. But as, of course, again, there's another wrinkle. If Scotland departs, then what happens then? Learn more after two o'clock with Sean Moncrief. My thanks to the huge production team today on Sound Michael Quilligan, uh, production team, researchers, Kira Courtney, Rory O'Regan, Aoife Breen and the maestro whose baton kept us all sane, Mark Simpson. Thanks to one and all. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your day.